Hi, Pastor Greg here. I'm the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church. You are either listening to the podcast version or you can also watch it live streaming on YouTube or recorded VOD of it. This is a new series and we are going to be going through the book of Colossians. I hope you enjoy this series. So without further introduction, the book of Colossians. So we are in Colossians chapter, or part nine, I should say, and we're in chapter three. And the verse that I'm going to read from today is chapter three, verse one. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this day, and I want to thank you for this time. I pray, Father, that we may just have a wonderful time going through your word, worshiping you and glorifying you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. You'll notice that we kind of rewind a little bit and we go back to Colossians chapter 1. And the reason why is because Colossians chapter 1 links with Colossians chapter 3. And in today's day and age, we look a lot about at how things look, how things appear, what does it look on the outside. And what happens is that this ignores the how we are when we're alone, the who we are when we're by ourselves, the what's the, what's the thoughts and what's the mind of what is inside, that which nobody knows. It is interesting that in the world, character is actually really coming into play right now. There's a lot of things about character that is going on. And I was watching a, a video of this gentleman who is a, he's a business trainer. He goes in and he teaches businesses how to run their business. He goes up and he teaches that. And what he does, and I'll and, um, just get ready for the first slide, one second here. And what he did was, He started out like this. He said that he was talking to a SEAL team. He was talking to SEAL Team 6. He was talking to a person. And he said, and he went up to them, and he said, now, if you don't know who the the Navy SEAL Team 6 is, they are one one of the top line. They find themselves always into the midst of the most dangerous situations where trusting the person beside you was very important and performance is very, very high. So this business trainer was talking to a person. How they know them, I do not know, but they were talking. And in this talk, in this discussion, he asked them, he said, how do you pick people to be on the teams? How do you come to a decision that that is the person that you want in the midst when everything is is all lost and everything is just going awry. How do you pick that? How do you pick a person? And so they drew a graph. And in this graph, they wrote performance on one side and they put trust on the other. And performance is on the battlefield and trust is off the battlefield. Okay, do I, in performance, do I trust you with my life? 
Do I trust you with my family and my money? Okay, big thing. Do I trust you with my life? That's performance. Do I trust you with my family? And this was, so they said nobody wants low performance or low trust. Nobody wants that. Nobody's looking for low performance and low trust. That's a given. And then next, everybody is looking for high performance, high trust. Everybody is seeking that. What the SEAL team, in their experience, now this, by the way, one of the top organizations when it comes to picking leaderships and everything else like that. So this is pretty high core, right? Pretty hardcore. What they found in their experience was that this next deal, high performance, low trust, that they were a toxic leader and they were a toxic team member. They got a lot of stuff done, but couldn't trust them off the battlefield. And the SEAL Team 6, when, when, when whoever this person was, they said that they would much rather have medium performance, high trust, or even, even, believe it or not, low performance. Now we're talking about SEAL Team 6. We're talking about going in and getting stuff done. They would even pick a low performance, high trust over high performance, low trust. It's like my trust for your ability off the battlefield was more important, was more important than whether or not I could trust you with my life in the battlefield. It's like my trust, my trust in the battlefield, that's important, but I am more looking for a person that off the battlefield, your character, your heart, your attitude, your demeanor was more important than the performance that you deliver. The problem is, is that what this guy was saying, that in business, they had all the metrics and the analytics to judge performance. They had everything that could judge a person's performance in business. But they had little to no metrics when it came to judging a person's character. They couldn't do that. They could judge a performance, but they couldn't judge a person's character. And so what they found in business is that the person who is high performance would get promoted, but when you get a person that has high performance and would get promoted because of the low trust issue, because of the character issue, they became a toxic team leader and they were toxic to the very employees that they were around because of the character of the person. The laws, the rules, and the expectations can manage performance, but it cannot deal with the heart. It cannot deal with trust. I gave this example in Sunday school. I looked at Finn, and I said, Finn, I said, you're not allowed to have chocolate all day long. I asked him a question. Did I remove your want to actually have chocolate? Turns out, me just telling him, you can't have chocolate, didn't remove the heart's desire to have chocolate. 
Isn't that amazing? I can create all the rules in the world, but I cannot govern a person's heart. Paul is looking at a brand new set of believers. And he's looking at them, and you know what the very first thing that he deals with in chapter 1? Guess what he deals with? He doesn't deal with performance. He doesn't deal with their actions. He doesn't deal with those things. He, he basically told them, and we're just going to summarize, because in the very first one is Colossians chapter 1, verse 4. So if you're not already there, you need to be there. I'm just going to summarize because we've already been there. But in the very first portion of that, he says, and for this reason, or if you're reading King James Version, for those of you who are out there who are, and it's perfectly fine, for this cause, we pray for you continually. We have not ceased praying. And I'll read verse 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and in spiritual understanding. This is verse 9. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. So basically... What Paul is doing, and in, in the King James Version, it says that you may, you know, I read it may be filled. In the King James Version, it says fulfilled, even deeper word to it, because it's not just being fulfilled, it's not being filled, it's being fulfilled, right? With knowledge of God's will, but not just the knowledge of God's will but that you have wisdom and understanding so that when you are following after God, the wisdom of God directs you. So you're not just going, oh, I think it would be a great thing for me to do this for God. No, this is a, I am being filled or fulfilled with the knowledge of God and his desire based on the wisdom that he gives, based on the understanding that he gives, so that my character is following after the wisdom and the knowledge that I'm getting so that my character is established solidly in a relationship with God. I'm going to make a little side note. This is not really anything in there, but I want to make a little side note. God is not creating in something you knew. He's actually restoring you to the very thing that he created. The Bible says that you were formed in the womb. Technically speaking, your formation was created by God. It is sin that perverts. It is sin that takes a hold. It is sin that actually perverts the way of God. But when you come back to know God, guess what he does? He just takes and he restores you from what was stolen, from what was taken. He restores you back to the very person that you need to be. To walk worthily, but not only walk worthily, that you may be pleasing to him, that you may bear fruit to him, increasing in knowledge of God, means that you should be always, always, always going after and pursuing God. How do we accomplish this? By what, by what Paul was saying, empowered by his glorious power. Wait a minute, 
What about me here? No, we're not talking about you. We're talking about your relationship with God and how he is circumcising your heart and he is empowering you to be able to have that kind of character that in the midst of the most difficult situation, your character will shine through. Remember, your character is more important than performance. Because when the chips are down, it's your character that's going to count. It's not going to be the performance. It's not going to be how many great things you did. It's going to be where is your heart and where is it in that relationship with God. Paul is establishing a people and establishing this relationship and saying, get your heart right. Get your character right. Restored by God. Created by God. Defined by God. So that when we actually get into Colossians chapter 3, we can then talk about performance. Because in Colossians chapter 3, it says this, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, which is basically a confirmation of exactly what they were praying for. Go and be with him. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So then he starts going through some things. He says in verse 5, therefore put to death, which means that these are things that cannot, there is a no-go in this relationship. These are the things that are a no-go. Okay, you don't even debate about these things. These are the things that you cannot have. But remember, you're empowered by God. Remember that your foundation and your character is being established by God. You're becoming firm because of your relationship with God and empowered by God. So, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, if you display the next slide, please. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And if you were to define it in the next slide, I define these. You have personal morality and loyalty in relationships. You know what I'm talking about. Uncleanness is impurity in motives. That means, that means it doesn't matter what people are, are, are seeing on the outside. It's the impurity. It's your motives that are behind it. The passion. It is an inordinate affection for something. Passion is not wrong. But when you have an inordinate uh, affection for something, that's where that's wrong. Evil desire, okay? If you're thinking, and, and this, one, this one can hit you. If you're thinking that your imagination, or as long as you're not doing it, you're just thinking it, or watching it, the evil desire is depraved longings. It's not that you're doing it. It's the longing for. Then you have greed for covetousness. And that's linked with idolatry, which is uh, image worship. These are the things 
That is a no-go. So here's what I'm telling you right now. This is not a me pointing out fingers. This is what I'm telling you right now is the fact that if you look at this list and you are finding something that may be actually dealing with this list, remember that if you go to God and you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But these are things that are a no-go. Paul is saying, listen, you need to put these are put to death. These are put to death. Maybe you struggle with them. Maybe you do. And if you need an encouraging along the way to actually do that, please reach out. I'm more than available to actually answer those questions. Or if you're, if you're a lady and you need somebody there, I know Jen will actually be, be more than happy. Or if there's a lady that you trust or whatever, that's fine. And, but work them out. If you look at these, do not compromise these, please. Do not compromise on them. I'm not saying that you don't deal with them. I'm not saying that they're not, they're not hard for people. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that we cannot compromise on them. We cannot just say, oh, that these are okay in my life. No, they are put to death. If the word of God is true, if the word of God is actually what needs to be stated and what needs to be said, we need to take this as seriously as possible. Because when Paul is saying, put these to death, he's not kidding. He's not making a little excuse or a little mistake here. He's literally saying that these are the things in our life that are a no-go. Okay? Now, the very next section, and the reason why it, it, that I'm indicating the fact that there is a difference is because the very next section is things that we need to put off. And the reason why these are a no-go, in verse 6 it describes it, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. And then in verse 8 it goes, but now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth. You know, he makes a distinction between the fact that these are no-go, these are things that we need to put off. These are things that, are going to, that, that, that we walk through. They're not okay, but you need to put them off. Those are no-go, these are something that we need to put off. And anger is vengeance, wrath is fierce, the fierceness of anger. Malice, you have a depravity, just an evil there. And in blasphemy, you're vilifying, especially vilifying God. That's definitely it. You are, you, are, um, you are debasing. You are putting him down. He can't do anything. You are, you're cutting him down. That's blasphemy. Filthy language is basically filthy communication, the kind of communication that should not be put off these things. He also says in verse 9, do not lie to one another. Well, I'll read verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Tender mercies, sympathetic compassion, 
kindness, morally excellent. Humiliation of the mind. You're humbling your mind. You are making a choice. It's not just you saying it. You're actually humbling your mind. A meekness, which is a gentleness. A long-suffering. Patient endurance. Bearing, meanings to put up with. Forgiving, meaning to pardon. Love, believe it or not, that, that Greek word is actually agape love. It's the very love that you can't do without God. There is no way because God is the only one that has that kind of love. Peace, a thing that you also can't do without God through Jesus. Quietness. And remember, everything actually on this list is empowered by God. Remember what Paul says. You are empowered. Be empowered by God. Be empowered by Him. Have Him work that out. So then, these are the things that we put off. That's low trust. High trust. These are This is what the flesh and laws try to govern us against, but that is the person that is spiritually governed by relationship with God. High trust, high performance. Basically what I'm saying is, is that the worker environment is looking for people who are following after God and who love one another. They will know you how you shall love one another. Why? Because your character is more important than your performance. Because if your character is there, guess what? Your performance is going to follow. If my character is in the hand of God, you don't think that he loves other people? You don't think that he's going to work upon my heart to actually love other people if my character is empowered by him? And guess what? If you're empowered by him and I'm empowered by God, then we're both working together. What? To not, not so that we agree with one another, but so that we are glorifying God. And if we're concentrating on glorifying God, then we're agreeing with one another. Why is this important? Because Paul was putting a brand new church that was coming together, had a lot of work, a lot of really good things, a lot of, a lot of things happening, but we need to make sure that first off, their character is in place because once we know that the character is in place, then the works that come out from the church, it has a character that is based upon God. Why is that important? Because we need to be the ones that actually go and minister and witness the light of God to other people. When people walk into the church and they're doing that, the love of God is what is supposed to communicate. It is supposed to be broadcasted to pretty much everybody around. You shouldn't have to say a thing. Your character is what actually communicates. Remember, don't focus so much on the performance. I do this and I do this, that's good. And I do this, that's good. No, Concentrate on the character because the performance is going to follow. If I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, that I might live, remember that, to know truth is to know Jesus, and to know Jesus is to know God, and to know God is to love Him. And if you're loving God, your character is going to be love your neighbor as yourself. See, it's really, 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 it, it, it doesn't take very much to love, it, it, it takes that, that deal of saying, I love God so much that I love my neighbor. I love God so much that it doesn't matter what my neighbor has done to me. 
I love God so much that I'm going to allow anything that might have happened or can happen or has happened, I'm going to allow God take care of it. I'm going to allow God handle it. Why? Because I can't. Because in my selfishness, in my in my desire, in my flesh, that can only be governed by laws. But if I live in the Spirit, nothing can govern a person whose life is established in the love of God. There's no laws. You don't need laws. Why? Because it's the character of God. You say, you know, many type of things. Unless you have a focus, unless you have a desire, things will, will fall apart from want of leadership. I'm going to tell you this much right now. The one thing that I really, really, truly, deeply desire is so that this church will be a church that people come to because they want to be loved. They want to be, they want to be cared for. They want to be discipled. They have that type of a deal. Like I said, church is not about perfect people sitting in pews. It's about injured, wounded people coming to know that the love of God loves them and they're healed through him. And guess what? Their relationship is established through him. So my focus is on loving God. My focus is witnessing the love of God through character. If you look at the list, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry, if you're seeing those type of things that is in your life and you have issues in your life with those things, my, I, my encouragement for you is this. To go to God, seek forgiveness, and understand that he loves you. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross. But once you actually do that, that you can walk free. Why? Because it's the tender mercies of God. It is the humility that comes before coming to know God. It is the meekness that comes from the very presence of God. It is the long-suffering that you allow for because why your trust is not in the individual or the situation, but your trust is in what God is doing. You're bearing with one another. You're bearing with one another because you look past and you see the love that God shows you and you want to show the love of God to them. The forgiving is exactly how Jesus, how God has forgiven you. The love and the peace comes from God. In verse 14, but above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's all established in the relationship with God. It is all based upon being empowered by God. This is None of this is about your ability. It's about what God is working. And then once you have the character, once you have that foundation, then you move. Notice that Paul worked on the character first, and then he worked on what we do. It's that private time with God 
That is so very important. Do not miss it. Do not say that that's not important because that private time with God is what launches your, the rest of your life. Put him first in your life and allow him to receive the glory for that day. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this time and I want to thank you for what you do in our hearts and in our minds. And I pray, Father, that we may go out, that we may go in that relationship with you, that we may put you first, and that, Father, that you may be glorified in our hearts and in our minds. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast or watching this video. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to listen or watch past broadcasts, you can go to agjordanmt.com. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful day.